There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, Frank! We tell him to be quiet. I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight. Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss. A dimension of mind. Nan Adams, is that you? Ah! Ah! Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Fifth Dimension, a Twilight Zone podcast. I am your now healthy, somewhat uh, host, Nick. Uh, we, of course, were gone for physically. a week and a half. Yeah, physically, not mentally. We're not talking I'm, mentally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I work with these guys, so mentally is out not? the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, <but we're... laughs> it's late, people. It's late. Um, anyway, so we're back. Uh, like I said, I had COVID, so <laughs> you have like six six arms now. It's crazy. I did, yeah. Twilight yeah, Zone does that train. to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, I was out with COVID. I was sick. We were gonna do this with uh Alex, and you know, COVID decided it wanted to rear its ugly head and wanted to, you know, show its eye of the beholder, I guess, into Fuck the kill podcast. <laughs> That's exactly what it said. Um but yeah it was not fun and thank you to alex for you know she's gonna come on the nick of time episode hopefully so thank you for that but um we're here to talk probably the one of the most uh famous episodes where i think everybody has said that this is an episode that they start out with when they first talk about the twilight zone and watch it um so i think it's 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 a pretty popular episode i don't know if i necessarily think it's the greatest episode in the world but um no that's in a few episodes yeah <laughs> that's right next it's next episode is yeah. it yeah nick of time oh no 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 it's a few more yeah <laughs> dork um oh yeah I, I forgot to mention we're we're on pod we're on uh, audio feeds as well as like itunes and amazon audio music boom. and audio boom and audio cloud and <laughs> cups of uranus you know the podcast that type of thing so anyways anyways so jacob and Triv, yes. how the hell yes. are you guys? How have you been? Do you guys have COVID? Are you dying? I don't think so. I don't Unless go anywhere I to get COVID. <laughs> you, look like, you look like you have pig faces. Do I? Oh shit! I, I put on the wrong put on the wrong hat. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah. No, seriously. How have you guys been? I know Jacob. Uh, you started a you started a new thing on your channel. I did. Which is started cool, a new which thing. Is cool. Yeah. I like. I've yeah. been playing with that thing quite a bit. He likes his thing. I hear might go blind if I keep on. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have a, a a new show I started. Everybody check yeah. it out. We'll talk about it in the end. Also, almost awesome podcast or not a podcast. I'm not. It's not a fucking podcast. It's a show. <laughs> <laughs> or it will be eventually. Yes. <laughs> Nick is a part of that, by the way. Yes, and he does the great great chemistry between the two of you. You Most lie. Don't, don't lie. Shush. Triv is, will be a part is, of it this or uh she was the other day. Yes. Yes. Saturday. As this is us from the future. Yes. Or the past? Anyway. We're I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going places people, I'm telling you. Telling you what. Yes. Um, somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, um yeah, so we're talking uh I the beholder guys. This is uh an episode. This is It's a hell of an episode. Sure is. Yeah, it's it, it, it blinks uh, more times than it can count, you know, that type of thing. It's um, I, I, I've said this before, 
and I'll say it again. I think this episode is a little overrated for what it's worth. I know a lot of people like this episode. I know a lot of people started with this episode. We've talked about this before. Let me move back. But... <laughs> um, th- th- this is this is this is my Hallie man, or you're like for you for yeah. me. That's Hallie man. And then wait till we get to the invaders when I just like slug into that and start shouting matches and stuff like that. You shut your dirty whore mouth. <laughs> Do I need to be able to put up my hands to say, whoa, guys, whoa, we need to stop and reconsider this? There's nothing to reconsider. I've already said what it No, is. no. Well, yeah, you're one of three. One of, oh, no, man, the invaders. In that episode so of one of one. I am three he's of a, he's three. The, he's the custard's revenge of that, that episode. Ooh, yeah. Hanging his dick out there, that type of thing. So, True um, probably has no idea what we're talking about. It, no, yeah, probably I'm not. Kind of sitting here like, eh? oh, it could be like this, like, eh? yeah. I streamed just, it one time. You, I, yeah, just we need out. to show her that after this because you will be in awe. <laughs> I am always in awe when it comes to you two jackasses. This is this isn't us. We didn't do this. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> I, did, I did. I streamed it one time, but I I did not do this. But yes, yeah, it's, it's something. Just remind us of that later on. It'll only take a second to show you. Custard's revenge. Is my is is my night gonna get ruined because of this? No, your night, your your life will be better. It's magical. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, so speaking of better for it, uh, so we're talking about season two, episode six, which is of course the famous Eye of the Beholder, um, also known as the Private World of Darkness, due to some copyright issues. Um, directed by Douglas Hayes, yeah. written by Rod Serling, uh, music by Bernard Herman. Production code 173-3640, premiered November 11th, 1960, and stars Maxine Stewart, Donna Douglas, William D. Gordon, Jennifer Howard, and Edson Stroll. One real quick fun thing to include upon the, the name change thing, the guy that mm-hmm. sued the Twilight Zone because of the name did educational films uh, for public schools. Can you imagine like being being bitch slapped or trying to be bitch slapped by like someone that does educational films for schools like shitty psas that involve like weird mascots and shit i mean from someone that watches a lot of those shorts i'm looking at this going where the hell did that guy get the clout to say that because those things that's like that's like L- early lsd tests those kinds of things it's Holy like shit. those ones that are in uh what is that game that we you you stream it sometimes i do uh what the what the dub and oh yeah uh, it's totally riff tracks that. it's yeah. like those it's That's totally that i mean maybe uh, not those specifically but those kind of things it People feels that make like those. that it, it totally feels like those kinds of movies or those kind of shorts and it's just like oh god i can't i can't even imagine <laughs> jimmy comes his hair and washes his hands before he goes to the lunchroom oh, because and, he's a clean boy he's a good the, boy yeah not those like are the normal Bobby. ones <laughs> you get in some of them there's one that's got like this weird chalk puppet it's like a stick figure mm-hmm. and it's just that's like the man. creepiest thing in the entire world yeah. although not yeah. as weird as the sentient or the the um sentient bag that tries to to tell like bobby that he needs to go back to the forest because he's dying or the Superman wannabe guy who's oh like, measuring man yeah that one's awesome man. yeah so good <laughs> sorry tangent yeah I've kind of zoned out I don't even know what you guys are talking about no I'm kidding um so the question I always ask is do you remember this episode Jacob I'm assuming you remember this episode not at all no <laughs> yes okay 
everybody I was gonna does. Say, yeah i was gonna say man i was like man you're on the wrong podcast okay. <laughs> um, jeff remembers it yes <laughs> how can jeff not jeff, remember it he is jeff's the got eye. the attention span of a goldfish <laughs> <laughs> that's actually jeff now going you're fired um, anyway so yes code with his blinks yes <laughs> So yes, yeah, so this is this episode is so famous that even Jacob remembers it. That's how famous this episode is. The fuck is that supposed to be? Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I don't remember a lot of them. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm just messing with you. But um, the the thing about this episode is the use of camera work is some of the most creative for an episode because they're having to hide the, the idea and concept from not only the. The, and lighting they have to yeah. yeah the lighting stuff like that but they have to hide it from the the viewer to keep the the suspense and keep the the shock and awe for working and i i guess the, the first question is you know having watched the episode and seeing that what do you guys think about that because it's mainly her and bandages bandages the whole time talking like the strangest voiceover work i've ever heard and same thing with the guy like you do see sometimes you see like little quick shots of their face but like at the beginning of the episode there's a woman that walks into the the hospital and it looks like she has a normal face but maybe they they've hidden it so well that they it's kind of like misleading but what do you guys like with the leader they show the leader full on but he's at a distance Mm -hmm. and i don't think any small on the tv so i I think that we there's enough characteristics not mm -hmm. to get into the spoiler there's enough characteristics in the faces that our minds just kind of fill in the blanks and say, yeah, that's normal. Cause when it's not they, close enough to where we see like the, you know. Yeah. When they do like the first overhead shot, like you do see the one nurse coming in and, and it's super quick. It's only like five or six frames worth, but you do see the lady's full face. The other one remains in shadow the entire time, but it's so They quick. were in makeup though. Like, no, I mean, they weren't a lot of them for, for that weren't? one. It, no, for that one, they weren't. I, went, oh. I, I was watching it frame by frame. Oh, well, I mean, some of the some of the other shots when it shows them and they're blacked out or, you know, they're you can't see their faces. You you can tell knowing what you're getting into. You can tell they're wearing prosthetics mm-hmm. in, in a lot of the shots. And, and so I thought that was really cool. Attention to detail. They didn't have to do that because you can't see their faces. I mean, they, right. they were worried they about just the not but they you their prosthetics this is that's what i like about this episode is after you figure out the twist in the end you can go back and be like oh oh i do i see it now i see it because i'm looking Mm -hmm. for it of course going through it this time i was already looking for it because i knew (laughs) well that's that's the great thing about this episode i i I call it overrated but i call it overrated because i think the the twist is like it is what it is but the thing that i like about this is the idea that you can watch it and still get the same effect at the end because you don't see anybody's faces through the entire episode in the way they conceal it with the lighting and the camera work and you know like for instance you have the the two people talking at the desk the doctor and the the nurse and like the pack of cigarettes and how they handle the pack of cigarettes that's the kind of stuff i like to talk about with this episode because we could talk about it in the story which we will a little bit but it's just like you know when you go into watching what they're doing it's one of the most creative episodes in the series and how they're handling it because they have to yep. be careful absolutely or they'll they'll ruin the whole effect with what they're going for so to you know i guess we could talk about the episode i mean it, it's fine 
that's fine. I think you were asking us uh, what we thought about the. Uh, yeah, you know, I was going to ask you, like, what do you guys think about like camera the stuff. camera work and the shots and the lighting? I mean, this is like I said earlier, it's it's a one of a kind episode when it comes to like what is trying to hide. And I can't imagine like back in 1959, 1960, whenever they recorded this, like how much the logistics of just trying to put this episode together and make it work because you can like. You, you're taking away like some of the most important things about filming something in general is the facial features and uh they're doing it on purpose and what do you guys think about that i got thoughts <laughs> Go, um have thoughts <laughs> so, as many thoughts typically that would be a red flag in an episode they're not showing anybody's face something's going on what the fuck is going on here with these people it'd make you be like there's something up with all these other people what's going on but in this one, it is so well done and put together and executed that you don't ever think of that before knowing the big secret. Mm-hmm. You don't ever think what's up with these people, even though you never see their faces. And I think it's because it's like subconsciously the way that they shot this, it's kind of putting us, the viewer, in her shoes. Like, of course, it's a visual medium. So we see things that are happening. We see people, but you never see their faces. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing about her face being covered up, she can't see people's faces. And I think subconsciously, you just kind of get it. You're seeing like, you don't see the world either. And neither does she. And that's why we're not seeing anybody's faces. Because I remember first time seeing this, I never even thought about it. It wasn't until the end of the episode. I was like, shit, I haven't seen anybody's face, have I? Mm -hmm. Holy fuck. You, it's done so well with the lighting and it's clear i mean i know this time going through it they are clearly hiding everyone's face yeah but it is done in such a way that it everything just clicked together just perfectly that it's never brought attention is never really brought to it before you know that and it works it just works so damn good now i mean from the technical side of how they did with the camera movements and the lighting and just orchestrating that whole thing that was great because it, it was real seamless. I mean, I don't know how long it took them to get those shots, but it was very seamlessly done. It was great. I know that Triv mentioned that there is a, a frame where you can see someone's face, but it's just for like a few frames. Mm-hmm. But overall, I mean, my naked eye, I didn't, besides the, the leader when they show him, but that was another thing, that little bit right there where, okay, I think maybe your brain by that point is saying, okay, I haven't seen anybody's face, but then you see a face, but it's so far away, you don't see the detail. And I think that that's maybe confirmation enough for your brain to say, okay, it all's good. Yeah. And you can imagine and you like on. on a 1960s TV, like how far away that's going to look anyway. So yeah. oh, shit, they could have just shown the people's faces. You wouldn't have been able to see. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, even like there, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and there were a couple things in there that were really cool, like when when Serling comes in, like you see the the silhouette of of what you assume is the head doctor kind of coming across, and then you see that it's Serling, and it's like, like I love the introduction of him in this episode. There's like the way that the camera moves with this one in particular, like the nurse has to kind of keep moving to keep the other nurse like out of like her face out of sight it's incredibly cool the way that they did it there's so much in the blocking and like the placement of lights like we talked about like with the overhead shot the one nurse the second nurse that comes in her face is in darkness the entire time and it's relatively light above and below her which is you know it's not the simplest effect to do and it Mm -hmm. does feel like you know she um uh, Janet talks about how her whole life is lived in dark or has been lived in darkness. And you get that claustrophobic kind of feel yeah. like the first time you hit um, a wide shot. I think, I think there is a shot beforehand, like a wider shot of the um, hospital, but then it goes to an overhead shot. And that's like the first 
like establishing shot you get in that whole bit really but you never think about it no you never th- i mean because i remember vividly watching this for the first time i never was thinking i don't see people's faces what's going on here it's done so well that you just i think your brain just figures it out and accepts that mm-hmm. you're seeing it you're you know this is what she sees more or less you know within within reasons she sees black, but you know what I mean? She doesn't see anyone's face. You don't see her face. It just makes sense with their execute. That's the way the, they executed it was beautifully, beautifully well, done. That's the, I would say that's the thing that what also makes the episode very interesting is the way they way Rod Sterling uses dialogue and to accentuate the idea of like, why is her face bandaged up? What is wrong with her? Like, what is wrong with the society? Like the whole idea yeah. of the eye of the beholder is you know, beauty, as they say, is an eye of the beholder. And it's true, you know, it's like when when we look at, you know, society today, even today, you know, the idea of like a very pretty woman or, you know, a guy with a six pack or something like that is what we want out of our life. And that's not always necessarily true. So the idea of like how this mo- this episode twists and turns itself just from the dialogue alone is what makes it kind of a riveting experience because, you know, they're constantly saying about you, you'll go with your own kind and blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. But before we get to like real deep into conversation with this, let me have you let me have you do the opening narration before I forget. Like I warned I'm you gonna... that these are a little longer than last week's. So Yes, yes, they are. Um, I had it pulled up, though. I wasn't going to forget this. Time. Anyway, you've been introduced to Miss Janet Tyler, who lives in a very private world of darkness, a universe whose dimensions are the size, thickness and length of the bandages that cover her face. In a moment, we'll witness the removal of those bandages, and we'll see what's under them. Keeping in mind, of course, that we're not to be surprised by what we see, because this isn't just a hospital. And this, is, and this patient, patient, Janet Taylor, patient 307, is not just a woman, because this happens to be the Twilight Zone. So in-depth. <laughs> yes, yes it is. I do so, want to point out real quick um, something else. Because I know we're going to move on from the very beginning of the episode. Something that really I noticed a lot. And I know that the main no, uh, character, yeah, Janet, a, she was ADR. By yeah, a, a lot of it, a lot of feels ADR. Actually, apparently, There's the woman, <laughs> yeah, the woman, the woman that talks and the woman underneath the uh, bandages, bandages are two different people, two different actresses. Yeah. Yeah. And they were actually going to have her do the voiceover of her, but once the bandages come off, she only speaks one time. She says one line, and she apparently made it sound like the woman who did the voice yeah she did I don't she know practiced why... quite a bit to get the line why not just have i wonder why they had the woman why they had someone dub over her lines i don't know maybe she wasn't a good actress she just looked pretty <laughs> <laughs> that might be the case too that it could also be. be just um it might have it could have been a lot of stuff maybe it was something about her voice you know because if she was trying that means that they knew she was going to dub over her before they filmed if she was trying to sound like her so I don't know. I found that odd. It might have been a case of like behind the scenes she was trying to, to actually because I don't she think it's played says by anything. she's played by um, Donna Douglas, who is the uh, Ellie Mae Clampett from the the Clampets or the Billy oh, Hill. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. You well, there's a lot. It's not just hers. There's a lot of ADR in this episode, but especially in the the beginning parts and yeah. I will say that much from a technical perspective. I know audio is different back then. You can tell there's times yeah. it's yeah. kind of like jarring. It's like, whoa, that's not in the same. That's that's recorded differently. <laughs> well, just even the room noise. 
yeah from different characters and everything it's yeah. just it does not always fit i mean what they're saying fits but you can tell that that that's adr that's that's dubbed afterwards for some reason i don't know why because that's the beauty of a. Uh, not showing a lot of people's faces is you can have them say whatever the hell you want <laughs> recording it later he, he's just doing silently he's like uh yeah. yeah we'll adr that in later <laughs> um but a lot of a lot of this episode is the doctor trying to make her come to realization that this procedure whatever they never actually explain what the procedure is is some experimental procedure to make it's them look like well i mean yeah but they like <laughs> they don't never actually explain what it is you know they say they talk about plastic surgery and stuff like that but I like the like the point where he says her bone structure, flesh type would keep them from actual plastic surgery. But before the act break, it's a lot of just like talking back and forth about like um, the idea of being different and kind of segregated, being segregated from the world because you are not of conformity. I guess you could yeah. say, you know, there's a lot of conformity talk in this and all about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I guess I guess the question I have is out of the stuff that they're talking about how freaked out she is how you know she says a ghetto designed for freaks as she says and the hospital is doing everything they can to help her do you find this episode relatable in the simple fact of like how we view the world today and the things that are happening or do you think this is more of its time with the whole you know conformity and segregation and the ideas of just like being different looking in the past skin deep and all that or past you know, you know what I mean, surface level, yeah. stuff like that. But what are your guys' overall feelings about what like what happens and what they're talking about and all that stuff? Because it's a lot of really deep conversation that I was mm-hmm. once again mm-hmm. just outside blows your brain, it blows your mind sometimes, <laughs> like how deep the Rod Sterling can go. Yeah, yeah it definitely <laughs> no. <laughs> anyways. What do you guys it think? It goes balls that? deep. <laughs> yeah, it goes way deep. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I I think there is like most twilight zone episodes there is universal themes throughout this episode and mm-hmm. like you know the idea of i mean you don't have to look far today to see a version of this i you know it's not it's not a it's not necessarily a literal version the way you would get like with you know the jews during world war Two, or the way that you know a whole group is pushed at least here in the states you don't get that as much but you know, I think on multiple levels, you can, it is applicable across the board, if not literally, then definitely figuratively in, in multiple ways. I think this episode, what it's trying to say is uh, two-pronged, but both things it's trying to say relate to each other. It's definitely about conformity and things of that nature, like you mentioned, and the big twist in it, of course, and what's really going on definitely lines up with that as well. But hell, even the leader guy at one point, conform, 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 is definitely talking about that and where that can lead our society. The other thing, I think the more readily apparent one that we see that, that the name refers to, I th- you asked if you think it's still like more or less relevant today or if it's just a, of its time. I think that's always relevant. I don't necessarily think that that's changed i mean i think that you know we as human beings find attractive people are always going to be attractive people in our eyes you know human beings are going to find the basic attractive bone structures and things like that of human beings other human beings we're going to find the same things attractive nowadays that we do in 100 years i mean unless we physiologically change drastically 
but you know, as, as long as we stay more or less this, this way, attractive people will always be, have the same similar traits and yeah. ugly people will have different traits. But I think that, that it's not so much talking about humanity as far as like human beings. It's just talking about living beings out there. I mean, like a dog or a peacock. Something like that. I mean, who knows what they find attractive, but what we look, when we look at certain like uh, dogs, if you will, and say that dog is like super cute. That's a beautiful dog. For all we know, the rest of the dog kingdom is like that motherfucker is ugly as hell because <laughs> that's just what they, you know, maybe that's yeah. not attractive to them. Um, and it is beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. And this is a very in your face, literal version or just like way to not just say it, but you get to see it and it's damn it it's just done so damn good but and we'll get when we get at the end i have even more thoughts about this episode the way it's structured and where they go from there because they didn't just that was a great idea great hook not a hook a great payoff but they didn't stop there Mm -mm. so but we'll we'll go we'll get there we'll get there yeah (laughs) and you do get the and i think this is kind of where you're headed to jake but you definitely get the idea that like you start off and it's a very, it's a, you're kind of inside her small world. Like the nurses mm-hmm. and the doctors are, you know, they're polite, but they're very cold. Like the doctor is probably the the least cold amongst them, but it's still a very much like, we're going to do everything we can because you're ugly as sin. And we don't, you know, we got to get you back to where you're supposed to be. But then, you know, as we find out the world expands, then you find out that, oh, it's done as part of a government program and then oh it's done because of conformity and oh because you know you know higher up leadership things it almost goes hitler-esque and then you know it expands beyond that and beyond that and it it is kind of like peeling an onion or peeling a parfait (laughs) you know it's got multiple layers (laughs) yes i like how they i like how they say uh i don't like i mean i thought i immediately i don't know if you thought the same thing um when they say that, you know, the, she's like, what are the options if this doesn't work? You know, if, if this procedure doesn't work and I'm still ass and ugly, what do, what do we do? <laughs> and they even talk about like death possibly, but, you know, pretty much they say they have like encampments and I think as you mentioned, them, they go ghettos and they're going to, um, they have these facilities that they can put ugly people in. I, <laughs> I immediately thought of a movie you and I reviewed together the garbage pail kids <laughs> and it's home for the oh criminally ugly. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I it's said, like, it's like Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, it's the home the for the criminally plan. ugly. That's where you're getting shipped off to. Oh my God, that's Get crazy. out of here, you ugly bitch. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I did also laugh like when they talked about oh there are places where you know communities that have got you you know and it's just like oh there's a great community out in the countryside and it's so pretty and all I could think was there was there's always that running joke about how you know your pet didn't die it got sent to a farm out up north or you know wherever that's all I could think of so you you could have a farm of ugly motherfuckers (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) but I, I will say like they did handle it not that not that it was handled, you know, I mean, from the perspective of the story itself, like they they didn't just outrightly kill your ass. They're like, well, you know, given what happens, you know, you can they might take they might kill your ass, but more than likely they're not going to like it's it's not something that they outright they didn't want to. 
no it's exactly. a, you almost get the idea that they were compassionate it wasn't it's, totally authoritarian they were like compassionate to human beings and humanity they're just like man you got dealt bad bad card be with the ugly <laughs> stick yeah exactly. you got you hit every limb of that ugly tree on the way down <laughs> That's unfortunate for you. We hate it, but you know we have this special place for you to go, so you can <laughs> live out the out best the possible life you can as an ugly motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. You we, might we took be the away prettiest all the of all the ugly motherfuckers there. So. <laughs> Silver linings. Exactly. Well, and they even kind of like they, they, you know, there's always that you get like that 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 individual that looks down upon everyone and like you know the the landowner type of guy and he's like, I am merciful. I have spared your life despite the fact that I you know hobbled you and and took away your house. I will let you live. It's almost kind of like Anyone? not on that level, but it's that <laughs> level of they look at it as great um, mercies that they're giving these people, even yeah. though they're taking away a lot of their basic rights. I only gave you three lashings this week, not five. So. Exactly. I'm only ta- I'm only charging ninety percent rent. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Um, it, it's interesting when you think about it because the way the story plays out and the way it, it decides to kind of conclude a story, you, you almost have to laugh because when when you watch like you know people who get plastic surgery to make themselves beautiful to make themselves like one of the you know gorgeous people and then they end up looking hideous that's what it feels like in here it's like you're you're trying to make yourself look like something you shouldn't be looking like you should be you know yourself that type of thing and i i don't know it's 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 interesting like i said it's and now you look like mickey rourke (laughs) (laughs) but like she freaks out and she tries to like you know they try to subdue her and that's the end of the act break and i i would ask you guys what you think of the episode so far but I, i'm kind of gathering that this episode all around is pretty perfect in its structure storytelling unless well, you guys have problems with any of it we kind of glossed over um a bit that she when we were talking about the alternatives mm-hmm. she actually asked she wants if this doesn't work can you just put me down yeah. And the doctor's like, no, nah, that's, you know, that's like in extreme cases, which you're not. I mean, you ugly as fuck, but we, <laughs> it's not an extreme case. And but she's like, she is, I never got the feeling you have the leader character that we'll talk about in a minute that you see be very authoritative. You get the idea that this is somewhat of an authoritative government structure, whatever, wherever it is they live, but there's still compassion there because no one is there's some of them are cold it's more like they're at work their job it's like yeah "Yeah, sorry fucked up but none of them are ever mean none of them are ever blaming and i like that because in these types of stories where you deal with these kind of regimes it's usually everybody's a dick everybody's a nazi i don't know if i could say that on youtube sorry but everybody's you know just this evil person and just mean to you know our our protagonist you didn't get that here they are all compassionate to, I'm sorry that this has happened to you. And she's all in on, on the belief system of this, mm-hmm. this uh, 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 world that she lives in. She's like, oh, no, I'm all fucked up, and I just want to die. Just fucking kill me, which that yeah. might actually be a, a bit of a commentary on people that do live their lives not being what most people consider attractive. There may be times that, you know, maybe they're ridiculed or they feel stared at and pointed at and they're just like, I just, I just don't want to be here anymore. And, you know, we could take it real deep with that. But I think, yeah, no doubt. I think well, and just the, the, the yeah, well, and it, you could look at the brainwashing on a couple of levels. You know, if you've been told your whole life that you're ugly as fuck, I mean, 
you know, she's drank the, like she's been served the Kool-Aid clearly since way back. And, you know, you could even go into the idea of, and this is a bit off kilter, but like the idea of beauty standards um, and not obviously this is more government based, but, you know, like the things that, you know, like any kid that suffers from, you know, feels shitty about themselves because they, they see media, whether it be magazines or, you know, YouTube or TikTok or whatever. And, you know, there's, there's all these beautiful people and why don't I look like that? And, you know, I'm ugly, you know, I'm, you know, well, that's media. Yeah. That's media all around everything from, like you said, oh, I mean, famous people hell. and how they look and Chris Hemsworth. Why don't I have abs like Chris Hemsworth? Because you're not you're not working out six days a week for five hours a day and right off of camera sitting there getting sprayed up with fucking baby oil and doing sit ups and push ups. <laughs> That's why you think that guy looks like that. He probably does. That guy's like a fucking Greek God. But I mean, most people don't <laughs> look like that. Even like the ones that are ripped, they don't look like yeah. that all day, every day. CGI. That's, no, kidding. <laughs> In this case. I mean, some people's cases but i mean (laughs) a lot of people that they can make their bodies look that way but your body's not going to sustain that but that's the thing our well i mean like right now real life our our society has said that's the standard but nobody meets that fucking standard no unfortunately in in this world that this show this episode takes place in the standard is what everybody else looks like so the standard is fuck ugly (laughs) hey beauty is in the eyes of the older They all have Elvis lips, like you know. Just yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> no Elvis lips. My pig nose. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ain't nothing but a pot belly pig. The thing, some of the cool things that have happened, and you see this as the episode moves along, is they start getting more and more loose with the idea of their. Um, of these individuals so like for instance like one of the doctors starts walking and the nurse walks with him so it's like here here's his face and it's like slowly moving with the nurse oh yeah it's great blocking yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay as it moves it's like covering up exactly what they don't want you to see oh it's incredible they did such a great job like i wonder how many times it took to get that shot exactly the way it needed to be yeah can you, you know? imagine the blocking they had to do and like oh, the tape God. on the ground just, and stuff like that just do it with cgi nowadays yeah <laughs> but but the thing about this 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 segment is the length of time it takes to remove the bandages oh and the God. shots they use to remove the bandages where we actually see from the from the first person point of view of uh whatever her name is janet 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 Rookie. tyler Damn it, Janet! Did you, I love you. Before we get there, did Brad. you guys did you make any observations about the leader, or is it just me? Oh, it totally Hitler. I mean, yeah, well, that that's obvious, but I mean, it was something else other than that. Um, no, I, I mean, it wasn't me a it. thing when this came out. I swear to God, it looked like Michael Myers. It, it looked like Michael Myers standing there. He even had like the same outfit, and you know, and maybe I was but, looking at but the at least face this a bit guy more. Takes a bath. And, yeah. <laughs> And but he looked like Michael Myers when it was like showed the far away when not the close up, but the far away. It looked just like Michael Myers. Anyway, <laughs> that's that, maybe funny. that's just me. Maybe I just watched the head. I, I think I just watched the Halloween trailer. Maybe <laughs> possibly because <laughs> uh, they did actually. So, all the leaders' movements, like his hand movements, and I'm sure a good chunk of the way that he spoke was based, based off of Hitler. I mean, oh, was to it be just, fair, I knew it was based on political leaders, I didn't know it was just. I think it was that based way. on that's what the trivia said, but that could have Probably. been just uh, 
to be fair, William Shatner is in the next episode, so it's very possible, Jacob, <laughs> that was Michael Myers that you saw. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe, they, maybe the mask came out, you know, the mask had been out for many, many decades. So, mm-hmm. Why are you putting my face like that? Penny, what? <laughs> Damn I mean, it! We were, Janet! <laughs> this is, a, we get the longest removal of bandage, bandages ever, because they were, like, talking about how, like, they want to slowly, like, you know, allow her to like readjust to the light levels and stuff like that. And they're talking about, can you see my, can you see my head? Can you, can see, you see me? Like, yeah, can you see no, like John fucking Cena? bandages on me? I can't see shit. <laughs> you know what this is? Up. This is this is classic, um, like stretching techniques. Like bad movies will have like fifteen minutes of credits beginning and end just to build up to that time. Hey, so they can get the theatrical release exactly. Length. But let me actually let me ask you guys that question. Like them doing that, like how much more suspenseful did that make that whole segment? Did it like make you go want that? Like want it more? Like you know, when you wait to have sex for the first time, it's like God, I, want it. I want it so bad. You waited. You know, <laughs> I, I think I think if you watched it from the perspective of like the first time you ever viewed it, like prime, you know, like premiere type of thing. I could yeah. see it being that that because you know they did take their time you know and it's like foreplay. Oh, this you know? is yeah. it's deliberate. It's real deliberate. Oh, of course, yeah. I think that we're. I mean, I can't speak to this time because once again, I don't remember that as I remember the scene. But I don't remember how I felt about it at that when I first saw it. So this time, Same. I totally knew. But I can say that I do. You want to see, even though I know what she looks like under there because I've already seen it. You want to see. You're like, well, how how bad is it? how messed up is she oh my god did she like get in a motorcycle accident and drag her fucking face across the concert <laughs> i want to see all the gross it's like watching a train wreck you don't want it to happen but you can't pull your eyes away so you're sitting there and it's just slowly happy you're like oh what and then it takes it off you're like what the fuck it's marilyn monroe <laughs> <laughs> and her hair looked fucking awesome yes i have that i said she has fantastic hair seeing as how it's been covered <laughs> up by those bandages all this yes! time <laughs> Like her curls are perfect. How, how are your curls perfect? There's not even any bedhead. It's like in uh, the Naked Gun. I think it's the third one when Frank Drebin falls through like a ceiling and into water and everything, and he just gets up and he's like covered in dust. And he just comes up and goes, and his hair is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> or or like, like you take you you take like the the glasses and drop down the ponytail, and she's all that, and she's like yeah. freaking stunning. Yeah, of course. I mean, everybody knows. If your hair is up and you have glasses on, you're ugly as sin. You have to let your hair down and take yeah. your glasses off, and then you're hot. Duh. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's why you guys are so damn good looking. I well, let my hair down. I had to shave my head to have that happen. So that's okay. <laughs> you're both um, really, really good looking. But no, did, but I seriously, have no glasses and your hair's down. See, we're just a <laughs> podcast full of attractive individuals. I know. Hello, right? ladies. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Welcome, um, no, welcome to the if fifth you're interested dimension. in patreon <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the fifth dimension if you want to be, you want to be after a dark <laughs> fifth dimension after dark the 69th edition or oh, yeah. i see i see where episode 69 is going oh baby oh my god what is it so the, so the time that they make you wait on this episode is uh blue balls i would say would you say yeah. like it yeah. is like the amount of time that they I, I was making a joke. I'm like, man, she has a lot of fucking bandages on her. She must be real ugly. And they must have just like fucking 
this is like Oswald Cobblepot and Batman Returns. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Is is Paul Rubens gonna like destroy this kid? Like, what the fuck is going on? But I, I do, I do like the, I do like the 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 first person shot. Like you see, like the the stuff being removed, and you know, it gives you kind of a like, what is what the fuck is going on in this type of situation? <laughs> and it's um, it pretty much goes from there to being revealed that uh, she is a quite a quite a beautiful woman. <laughs> real beautiful you know, you know, for, in you our know sense why, yes, you know why it took so long very beautiful. yes you want to know why it took so long for the bandages to come off because they were uh, waiting in antissa oh rocky patient hey there it is <laughs> i was waiting for it <laughs> <laughs> well it's kind of funny because once it's revealed that she is um very beautiful and that the uh people around her i, I like how they go they go oh, it didn't work doctor no what change happened? at all. No change. And all of a sudden you see their faces like damn a bitch ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but the best that's part, a huge part... bitch. <laughs> that's a big old bitch. <laughs> I just want to see like one of the Wayne's brothers go. <laughs> <laughs> but the, no, the best part, the best part about it, it's almost it's almost funny in a way, is like when she's like running down the hallway screaming and stuff like that, and everybody's like one dude's like macking on another chick and like you know just like the way everybody's like there's like six of them just come out of nowhere like, you, you know, know what that needed is benny hill music <laughs> if i run it up into the hallway it's sped it speed it up um but i mean pretty much at this point this is like the the thing that makes this episode famous the guy the, the whole population is ugly She's beautiful, or they're beautiful. She's ugly, you know. It's twisted. Elvis you know, pick uh, people. Yep, yeah, exactly. Elvis pick people. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, and we see like the whole the whole wing, and we see like, of course, finally see that the the Hitler, you know, conformity guy is the same thing. He's like conformity, conformity, conformity. The like, leader. Push, push, push. You know that type yep. of thing. In the bush. <laughs> you know. Also, kudos to them for pulling like kind of. Like the same tech that would have be late used later on Star Trek, like kind of the flat screen or like the pane of glass that turns into a screen. Yeah, she even just like destroys one. It actually looks pretty good for yeah. 1960. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very good. See, see, Rod Sterling was on Nostradamus. He predicted flat screens and ugly people and being <laughs> exiled. No ugly being... People <laughs> he predicted ugly people. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that on a t-shirt. Predicted ugly. So we got, we got a couple of your hands and predicted ugly predicted people. Predicted ugly people. <laughs> I mean, he knew he knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Literally and figuratively. Everyone is beautiful, but there's an epidemic of ugly motherfuckers coming. <laughs> Only in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> At the signpost up ahead. Oh shit, that bitch is ugly. <laughs> Keep driving. <laughs> That's why mirrors have not been seen in the past couple of episodes because Rod, or Rob Snyder, or Rob, ah, Rob Snyder, Rob Snyder, <laughs> Rob Snyder Rob is ugly bitch. <laughs> I need, I need a uh, what is it? The the fake, the deep fake of Rob Snyder. <laughs> Rod Serling. Oh my god. <laughs> Although you're talking about redos and stuff, there were actually a yeah. couple versions uh, that were redone. Uh, so it was redone in the 2003 version where... Oh, was it? Uh, yeah. Um, this to... seems like one you just can't redo. 
because it, I mean, you can, you can redo anything, but you shouldn't redo because everybody, I mean, so many people know this one. So many people know it. So if you go to redo it, it's hook. And there's other facets and, and deeper stuff that we have talked about. And we'll talk about with the episode for sure. But the big hook is that, that she's beautiful in our eyes and everybody else's ass and ugly. So I feel like if you did it, it just wouldn't have nearly the same impact. I mean, I guess you could make it look better, but that wasn't, that's not what it's about. You get the yeah, idea. These ugly motherfuckers. She's pretty. <laughs> I mean, I don't see why you would redo, you redo some shit that nobody, redo fucking, I don't know, the execution. Her chance to dream. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Hey, hey, me and Trev redo it with a that, new story. We think that yeah. episode's beauty of in the eyes of a beholder. Exactly. What is perchance to dream? Uh, perchance, oh, oh, well, you know, in that case, you're wrong. <laughs> 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 One other piece on this too is Serling actually uh reused the theme of this episode um for an episode on Night Galley. Night gallery, not night galley. That'd be night weird. Gallery. That'd, that'd be a great hotel or a great uh late night brunch place <laughs> night galley with billy bob but to end out this episode so they finally get her under control and her calm to be calm or whatever and she's introduced to mr smith hello mr smith my name is mr smith <laughs> and Mrs. of course he's a tyler <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even sit down and start talking to her in a really condescending way just like a, a one continuous long sentence that would have been amazing <laughs> just sat down and started talking to her like you have been introduced to miss janet tyler who lives in a very private world of darkness a universe whose dimensions are the size thickness and length of bandages cover her face in a moment will witness a removal of bandages the most yeah that's what i needed from that <laughs> <laughs> have you ever watched the fucking movie that's what hugo weaving does he talks in like one continuous fucking sentence <laughs> and it slowly ramps up until the end he's just like it doesn't ramp up in like the excited way we do but just like this subtle a, intensity <laughs> i mean think about v for vendetta when he's doing the v speech yeah it's just rhymes. like it's like yeah it just goes on for like 10 minutes and it's like what yeah that's apparently that's a hugo weaving thing he just he does not know what periods are <laughs> well that's most of the population under the age of like 18 nowadays yeah but he just has amazing lung capacity as well to just continuously do it's like when is he gonna stop he's half fish <laughs> we're we're good we're going we're going on a tangent. I don't even know oh where hell we got here. Uh, I think I brought up Mr. Smith and uh, it was all from downhill there. from there. Yeah. One other yeah. fun, a fun tangenty thing is, and then we talked about this before we got on air, but um, the scene of or the the episode where Leela gets two eyes, um, they do that same bandage, and they they it's pretty much shot for shot from this. Like so. the whole episode is just bandage removal. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> exciting, <laughs> exciting bandage removal action. Dead kids too. Like if you, you know, if your yeah, kid really wanted to do that, that video could go a lot of different ways, <laughs> <laughs> depending on what website it resides on. Very true. <laughs> um, but I gotta ask you guys to conclude this episode, like this actual episode. We meet Mr. Smith. He's like, we have a village for you, eyes of beholder, you know, on the nose type of thing. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Um, and she kind of just accepts her fate, goes off into the world of beautiful people or ugly people or uh you know oswald cobblepot ugly people you know those types of things but that's they just kind of go off and you know mr doctor guys like have a nice life you know <laughs> hopefully we'll never see you again because we want to go you know fucking a pig pen or something like that you know that type of thing but 
We don't want to um, see her ugly face again. But they yeah. did actually, it took a little bit for her to to be okay with it. It's like when you are trying to introduce a kid to like a new group of kids. She was she was very timid and very scared. And then it's like, it's okay, oh. you won't hurt you. Well, it's like in uh, that um, goddamn movie. Like, <laughs> Basically. You want me to go with that ugly son of a bitch? Oh my God. What happened? Well, no, I was going to say, it's... <laughs> It's like it's like the the movie uh, segment with um, the kid in the house and stuff like that, and uh, Walter Jameson, all that good stuff. Um, at the Ugh. very end, she's like she's like freaking out, and all of a sudden she's like calm and collective, and she's like, "Hey, kid, who can control everything? Come with me if you want to live." That type of thing. Like <laughs> that's what this is. Like the the way they like the way they calm down is quite amazing, actually. Well, I I, I actually oddly enough, in all, in all seriousness, I viewed this as a happy ending. Yeah. From like, a, from that perspective, within the structures of that, she's going to find happiness there. She doesn't realize it yet. I think she still thinks that oh, this sucks. But she's going to get out there with people that are her people, and I mean, yeah, it still has the whole conformity and segregation and everything. If we even want to go there with it, but I mean, it's she is going to ultimately find happiness because she's going to go to a place where she's not judged every day. She talks about how she has to walk down the street and kids are crying and all this and people look at her and point. She's not going to get that at this place. And I think ultimately in the long run, her character will find happiness for the rest of her life. And I, that is one of the things I loved about this episode that it didn't take that route that every other like type of world we've seen like this one in entertainment is also it's always oppressive and of course there's an oppressive aspect of it here with the conformity thing but all the people that inhabit this world like they do in other ones they always come across as oppressive too they they don't hear they're all compassionate nobody's blaming they're not it's just like oh this is unfortunate it sucks it's like cancer it's like she has cancer or or cancer's not what's the like a tuberculosis so she has tuberculosis. You can't stay socks. around everybody, but it sucks that you have this. Oh, shh, shh. <laughs> it's like she has a, this disease pretty much that she can't be around everybody, but everybody is really compassionate about it. You don't get that. And, and they don't like ram that point home either. That's not something the show, the, the, the episode ever says anything about. That's just something mm-hmm. I picked up on that you, you just don't get that because movies are usually very in your face about certain themes like that and uh it's usually that's just the template if you're in an asshole world everybody's an asshole yeah Yeah. everybody's oppressive and an asshole but no everybody here was very compassionate and then in the end it was like everybody was cool it wasn't like they were like get away they're just like oh they're more sad that oh that poor woman and they found a way for her to go and at least find some remnants of uh remnants of happiness I don't know. I found just this maybe a realistic happy ending, if you will, right. because that's how life is. Life is compromises. You, we don't get mm-hmm. those happy endings we get in movies all the time. Sometimes it's a it's a compromise that leads to a happier ending. And I thought that's what it was. Maybe I'm reading into it too much. Well, I, I think you definitely get given the scenario of everything that goes on in that specific world. That was yeah. probably the best possible outcome for what was headed her way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think too, sort of the compassion that you see, at least from the doc. I, I still say that from the nurses, you do get, and I guess that's it's you colder, run across. But it's not it's mean. colder. No, it's absolutely not mean. It, it's like the professional politeness that I'm sure a mm. lot of cert like because I remember I had like surgery at one point, and the surgeon was incredible, but his bedside manner was freaking atrocious. But that's yeah. not what he was 
supposed to do that he had you know it just had it's work exactly work and he does the the people in those well and this is any job but in the medical profession now they do need to like you said bedside manner that's a thing because you're dealing with human beings but there is going to be a certain amount of you are less of a human being at this point. And I think that's something that doctors probably struggle with. I'm not a doctor myself. Oh yeah, I'm sure. You are, you, you're less of a human being while I'm at work and more of a part of work. That doesn't mean that they're discounting your humanity. It just means that you're a thing that I do at work. I'm not right. looking at you as far as like you have a family, you have a past, you have a life. Um, and I think that's probably something doctors struggle with is, you know, trying to dis because we've all done that at work. I mean, uh, I mean, I worked at, Years ago, I worked at a, a register and I would count through thousands of dollars a day and I was poor as fuck. So I was, you would think I'd be like, oh, look at all this money. I didn't look at it as money. It was just a thing at work. It was yeah. just a thing, a task I did at work. And I mean, separation. I know, yeah, life, exactly. And life and money, of course, is different. But these, these lives, I don't think that they are, they probably at times don't view them like they would a person they meet out on the street. They mm-hmm. have more of a connection with those people because it's not work. Right. And I think that maybe that's what these women or these characters were. They were just kind of cold, but not not unsympathetic, just kind of like, oh, yeah, you're another it's patient because there's, life. you know, there's 10 more on this wing. Mm-hmm. You know, is, we see this every day. I can't get connected. True. No, that's very true. And there is that if you did become connected, that would be conflict, not conflict of interest, but like you'd lack that professionalism. You wouldn't have the um, objectivity make- that you need to keep things yeah. going. And you wouldn't make decisions that needed to be made that were tough sometimes, right. that were in best Very interest true. and things like that. So, I mean, you can't yeah, exactly well, sneak Janet out the back and, you know, give her a mask. Exactly. I mean, you could nowadays, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 we haven't gotten there yet, but I, I did want to comment on, I thought just overall, this was a very, and we've talked about top and bottom heavy episodes before. This is a very, t- I guess, t- technically bottom heavy. We're going to call it a top heavy episode. What I've said, I think it's what evenly I mean by that. pay. I don't even think it's either. I think it's evenly oh. pays because it's just we're getting it has yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm saying, oh, but like on. as far as the uh as far as there's been episodes, I probably every episode I mentioned, third from the sun. Fantastic ending. But the rest of the episode was just kind of like the ending made the episode. And it's one of those yeah. episodes I had to look back and say, Oh, well, you know, really the episode really wasn't that great, but the ending's just great. This is one of those ones that has a fantastic oh shit like a religion this is what you think of when you think of twilight and it's like holy shit i didn't see that coming that kind of twist in the end that everything else builds up to so it is top heavy in that regard but it's done so goddamn well and they don't i think one of the main things is they don't straight up depend on that reveal other episodes that have been like that like third from the sun the reveal happens and damn it's done. That's over. You're left with it. That is what it depended on you getting to that point. This one, you get there and you still got more to go. You still got other stuff. And yes, the lead up was, you got much more substance from it. You understood the pain this one was going through. You understood, like I said, the compassion of the world, even though it is an oppressive world that gave it some more character to me. And everything was done so damn well leading up to that. It was never boring, even though nothing was really happening. It was a woman bitching about being ugly and hopefully <laughs> her plastic surgery work. And then afterwards, the whole running around thing, she didn't just, she, yes, she ran around like a mad person, but then she meets this guy and there's just all these other things. They don't depend solely on the reveal that she's beautiful in our eyes. 
and their ugliest sin and you know that whole dynamic they take it from there and give you a little bit more they don't it's not just about that there's so many more things that can be opened up as we've talked about here and i thought that that was awesome so yeah as far as it's twist yes yeah, top heavy but man it's it's done so fucking well that it doesn't matter because the rest of the episode is so damn good too oh i got a couple of trivia things on this so william d gordon who plays the doctor was george from nervous man in a four room nervous man in a four dollar room he was a really? gangster guy. Yeah. George. Yeah. Georgie. Hey, George. 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 George, you're here. We said your name so many times that you got to come to another episode. <laughs> he just showed up one day and said, Did somebody call my name? <laughs> yeah. He went over and like decided to be ugly, you know, that type of thing. Um, the other thing is Jennifer Howard, who played one of the nurses, married Samuel Goldwyn Jr., who, of course, is MGM. And mm-hmm. uh, she is the mother of Tony Goldwyn, who, of course, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Ghost oh. and directed uh, Dexter. Mm-hmm. And was in Tarzan. So did Tony Tony Golan directed Ghost? No, no, he was in. I Ghost. mean, he was. He yeah, he was some, in Ghost. I mean, he directed yeah. Dexter. That's what I'm gonna say. He directed some Dexter. I think it was Dexter episodes. Oh, just like some episode. He wasn't like the creator or anything like that. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. I knew he was. He's the bad guy in, in Ghost. Um. So yeah, that's kind of cool. So there's a lot of famous, a lot of famous talent in this uh, this episode lineage. Yeah. Yeah. It's also one of um, the highest rated episodes of the original Twilight Zone series, which I, I, that's kind of known, but yeah. <laughs> that's my trivia. Hey, it's good trivia. <laughs> it is. I'm sorry, Triv. I didn't mean to no, cut you God, off. Stop. The, no, you're all I'm good. sorry. You covered I'm all sorry. the important stuff. The only other I'm one I had sorry. was, would you stop saying sorry? That's my thing. You hey, dork. Hey, hey, Triv. Hey, Trip. 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 Sorry. No, for fuck's sake. Sorry. We're sorry. Y'all can piss off. Trip. Okay, Jeff. I'm going to poke your fucking iris out if you don't stop. Yes, you do blink. And it's really cute. But that's neither here nor there. Yes. Yeah, the tangents have been top notch tonight, I think. Oh. So, Nick said, yeah. Oh man, Our, we're not doing rankings yet. This is just general talk. I I really we still like haven't done this. the closing narration, so we're not. That quite is here. true. That is true. I really like this episode. Um, like even with the music, there's not a ton of music in this, but where it mm-hmm. comes up, I I appreciated that they used it sparingly, but they did it right. I feel like, but yeah, it's it's an episode that I've seen it many many times, and it's one that. I would watch anytime because it, it is every time I watch it, I've seen something new. And from a critical perspective, watching, especially the technical side of this, it was a joy to watch. And not that yeah. Twilight Zone isn't always fun, you know. Not always, not always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you know, but Mostly. I mean, there, there, most, Twi- most Twilight Zone episodes have some interesting stuff, whether it's like the Dutch angles of Howling Man or you know the the way that they do different things this the from from the second that it starts to rod serling's entry on to the way that they do the shadows and you know blocking and all of it it just it's technically a really awesome episode especially for the time and not to say that there weren't other shows that did it but there wasn't anything that did it quite like this and i don't think there are many episodes that do it as well as this one well, let me ask you guys this question. Do you think at this point the Twilight Zone is doing stuff differently than any show on the market? I mean, I'm not, let's get away from like the, the idea of like the, the sci-fi and horror aspects. I'm like, 
from the way they shoot the the episodes to the way they're they're put out do you think it's you think this is why the series is so beloved like what do you guys think yeah it's i mean it's a it's, just, a whole, it's so weird to see this happening a, it's a fresh take it's something mm-hmm. they weren't the funny thing is they weren't getting stories like this that were so fresh and original back then everything was either a sitcom or, or game like show? a western or a game show you know as far as like fictional stuff it was sitcoms or westerns maybe a spy thriller they weren't getting like a and if it was sci-fi it was like flash gordon which i mean it's got its place but this is like a serious take on these for the most part a serious take on like these really interesting like out there stories at times no there was nothing else like this at the time i mean now i wasn't alive then there's nothing else that i know of at the time so yeah i think that that was one of the that is the the stories the writing the approach of the show that's what made it so big and really till this day there's been other ones there's been great ones tales from the crypt i thought that was a good one that was a twilight zone-esque more horror skewed but like there's been other anthology series and other shows that have come along that have done really interesting things, especially nowadays. We get so many different ones. Man, the Twilight Zone was so groundbreaking and still is. This episode is this kind of twist. We've seen it before. We've seen it happen. We've seen it remade. All that, or you guys have. It's the mastery on on like it is for the time. It's just everything about it was just so goddamn good, and we don't get that a lot of the time. Very true. And I would say for the time. Like, and I would say that, like, when you're talking about morality tales and not to say that, like, I know Twilight Zone is morality tale, but just from a general perspective, you kind of got two ends of the spectrum. You get like the Andy Griffith show where it's, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cheesy. Right. It's not in a bad way. It's, it is definitely sappy. It's, it's, it's a warm fuzzy across the board. Like it's, it's, you know, Mayberry. Everything everything. works out in the end. Right. Exactly. You know, the only, the only thing is the only drunk or the, the only drunk guy in town is also the only one that's married. So, you know, there's a, there's that whole cheeky (laughs) bit, but, (laughs) but, you know, you've got that end of the spectrum where it's super in your face, you know, the lessons are straightforward and then you get things like Twilight Zone. (laughs) Exactly. And then you have things like Twilight Zone or or Star Trek, I'd even say. You know, where they were trying to tell a deeper story, but because mm-hmm. of regulations at the time, they couldn't tell those stories the way that they wanted to. And Star, even though- Star Trek, you're you're right on spot on there. Star Trek was very much, I mean, what an anthology story, but it was very much morality tales. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there was, if you look into those things, yeah, they're exciting and they're fun and this and you get Captain Kirk doing his thing and everything. But most of those stories were morality tales about someone did this thing this is what happens and here's how they feel about it what they did or did not learn and what they should have learned i mean that that was very much their tales as well so you're that's a great comparison there oh yeah but you know for the time yeah you had to you had to do things in a way that and 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 for as much as at the time i'm sure it was a very difficult way to do it and it was probably a detriment because you couldn't tell the story you wanted to tell. I think the fact that it stands the test of time more so than, or it's seen in a higher regard or different regard than what you'd get from like the Andy Griffith show or things like that is because it tells its stories this way. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think what Star Trek was able to do though, is because it lasts, you know, you've seen Twilight Zone try to be rebooted. It just doesn't work 99% of the time. Star Trek actually has Star Trek Next Generation, which I actually think 
was able to go past what it transcended. It was, oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. but no it's it's the thing that amazes me and we see in this episode is how deep how dark the messages are and they let him get away with it like they they did have problems with like his, his budget things and stuff like that but it's like think about the story that's being presented about you know living in a world where ugly people are beautiful and beautiful people are ugly and just being able to tell that story and you know the idea of like the nightmare as a child like who the hell would allow somebody Ooh. in 1960 to tell that story and well they're looking the at it from We're... a different perspective than what we are though here i mean they're looking no, at it as just from the like because there was obviously general and i think from it was probably deeper meant than too but i think you know you get that that there was a lot of movies and tv shows that dealt with some of that at levels of abuse but they were had to be done in a very abstract way. Do you think, and I know that we're, we're not talking about this episode specifically, but the show as a whole, because we, we do talk about a lot how, oh, because of the time, how they had to deal with things, how they had to present things. They were wanting to tell these deeper, sometimes darker, just different stories, and they had to be careful about how they put it out there. Do you think that that helped, that it forced them? Do you think maybe that's what made it so unconventional in that good way and why they're so original because they were forced you think he came in and said i want to tell these more adult tales but we're gonna to have to get creative in how we tell them and that led to a lot of these stories and shows being so creative because they had to get creative about how they were telling these tales about abuse and things like that and like hiding it and that was one of the things that really added to it and maybe that's why the show the reboots the, the what three now i think the yeah. three reboots mm-hmm. just haven't worked because especially nowadays there ain't shit you can't put on tv <laughs> i mean you could, you could have i mean you know, hell, anything on tv look what tales from the crypt had that they had to like go full fucking yeah. violent no i'm not i love tales from the crypt but if you think about what what Rod Sterling had to deal with in his kind of sphere spectrum of, you know, the Twilight Zone and what Tales from the Crypt is doing. Tales from the Crypt is like you you give like fucking the best blowjob in the world. And, you know, <laughs> back in the 60s, it's like, you know, two beds separated from one another, you know, that yeah. type of thing. So but even I, t- I don't even know if Tales from the Crypt would work now, because when Tales from no, the Crypt came out of, in the like, 80s you know, was even then for a television show, mm-hmm. it was grand. It was like, whoa, that's that's. First of all, it was like higher. I don't know. Schwarzenegger drinks the episode. Yeah. Oh my and, god. <laughs> but like, oh yeah, it was a great episode too. But um, it it, uh, <laughs> it was even pushing boundaries of its time. I mean, it was you know vastly more violent and vile and graphic than the Twilight Zone could ever even consider for a moment being. But for the eighties, that was. I feel like it was doing what the Twilight Zone was doing back then, but for its time. If you did that now, people would be like, huh. I've seen that on YouTube. You know, I mean, (laughs) it wouldn't be the same. And maybe that, I think that's one of the things that made the Twilight Zone, it pushed boundaries. But I do think maybe they were forced, not to say they weren't creative, they definitely were, but I think that they were forced to be even more creative. And that was one of the really cool things about how we're sitting here each week talking about shows and all the subtext and everything. And all that subtext is there because they were forced to be creative and that just added to the whole thing. Could be wrong, but... I think you're right. I think that... You look at, okay, and this isn't quite the right example, but like a, a movie with a low budget. Okay, you take any CGI movie for the made in the past, you know, 20 years. The, the things that you have to go through 
to build creatures and all that kind of stuff is different than someone with, you know, a $10,000 budget trying to create something from scratch. You know, the, know. the, the things that he has to go, the things that that person has to go through to create what they do, they have to think outside the box. I have the perfect analogy in the movie world for it. Not Bring analogy, it. but Jaws. Oh, yeah. Jaws, the original vision of Jaws from Spielberg himself was to show that shark a lot more, but the fucker kept breaking. Bruce mm-hmm. broke down so much. That's why we get that POV, that iconic POV shot. That's why we don't see the shark hardly until, besides a fin or two here or there, we don't see it until the third act almost. Maybe maybe the, the second or third uh, third quarter. But you don't see it until much longer into the further into the movie. And it's it's sparingly. And it works so good. If you saw the shark a whole lot more, it just wouldn't have worked as good. Right. But because they had to get creative, because what they wanted to do, they couldn't just outright do, much like I'm assuming Sterling had to do, it turned it gave them a much better product. And I, I think maybe that's like that's here, great, even with this to, to bring it to bring it back to this episode, I think this episode if just left if if, if no censorship you don't have to worry about anything you just tell a story i think it would have just been just that simple what we remember about the episode ugly people pretty woman she takes the bandages off oh my god she's actually pretty and they're ugly oh no that's the <laughs> but the other thing since too. they wanted to tell all these uh, they wanted to do all these other things they got creative and they creatively inserted all this other stuff, the authoritarian stuff, the stuff about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the wartime stuff with uh, uh, Germany and all that and their, their government, the Orwellian stuff. And, and then all the, the segregations and all the other things that are in this episode could possibly not have been there if they were just left to their devices and it would have made them possibly lazy. Well, and don't you think too, like half of this episode is trying to show people in in like, you know, getting the cigarettes, you know, having a conversation in the hallway. If you took away those shots and just showed the people without any, without anything, you'd lose a good half of this episode. Like it would be such a simple idea that I think you'd lose like half of your story. Like even just shot wise, like you look at, I was trying to, when I went back to watch it, I was trying to think, you know, what was in, you know, what was in the first half, what was in the second half, you know, what, what do they do to stretch it to 23 minutes? it's like, oh God, they do this, they do that. They have this conversation. They show this shot from above. It all added to it. Yeah. None of it was filler. I never felt like, okay, these people are just fucking talking, get on with it. I was never bored. And I knew exactly what was going to happen, which I know. I I mean, I I don't think I need to give my thoughts. My thoughts are Uh, the episode. episode. (laughs) The the thing that episode does is like you were just saying, it, has a lot of expositional dialogue but it never insults your intelligence when it's explaining it it's giving you information which is what a good story does and while also giving you the information it's giving you world information while at the same time giving you a look inside this woman's life in her mind and how she feels about all of it yeah so it's it's not just someone dumping exposition about the world to get it out there no very naturally done Everything has a purpose and a place. And man, it that's my thoughts on the episode. I'm not in straight up say, is this my favorite episode? No, but man, especially up to this point, I mean, there's definitely episodes I don't remember. This was the first step, ep- not the first episode I ever saw, but this was the episode in my 
early 20s, late teens. I can't remember. Right around 20-ish. I think it was actually my early 20s. When I did binge all of them, this was the episode I caught on TV and said, oh, yeah, The Twilight Zone. And I watched it and was so blown away by it. I said, I've got to watch all these. Nice. And I'd seen them when I was a kid. My mom watched them and stuff like that. And I'd see them here or there. And I was very aware of it. I love the movie. But it was this episode I remember that I saw one day on TV just by happenstance. And I said, I want to go find all of these. And that's when I watched them all. So this episode does hold a little bit of a, a special place in my heart. Because like Nick said in the beginning, it is kind of a gateway. A lot of people, this is one of the first episodes they were. Well, I think, didn't Ben say this was his first episode? Somebody yeah, somebody so. said it was it was or their first episode. Yeah, yeah. It was Ben. I don't know if it was his first. It was definitely one of the early ones. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I've made no bones about what, at least from what I remember, my favorite episode is. And that one's coming. And who <laughs> knows? Maybe Maybe my opinion will change. I haven't seen it in years. But I've always just no, no. It, it's a good, it, it's a good episode. I don't know if it's a number one episode. Like that, that's just where I, that's how I feel. But it's a good episode. I'm not going to lie. Do this but... now, you want to do it now? <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, this episode do to, though. Do we need to have is... sound bites? <laughs> <laughs> this episode is fantastic. This is a yeah, fantastic. Good. This is a top five episode, absolutely. And yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to be pushing well, closer to the top of that top, like the. The, yeah, this yeah. is a well, very this. high up there episode i know you said you don't think it's like you think it's a bit overrated well, and it's one of those episodes that going into it i'm like yeah it is a bit overrated then i watch it and i'm like no it's just <laughs> that fucking good man it's even going in knowing what happens through and through remembering it vividly it was still as trip said a joy to watch it was so damn good all around this is a really perfect episode man Tell me a lull. Tell me something that's not right. Tell me something <laughs> besides, oh, we saw somebody's face for three frames or something like that. Well, like Tell I say, that was more just something I found interesting. Well, yeah, I know. I was just joking. Oh, ADR is a little off were in the you? beginning. <laughs> yeah. ADR is a little off in the beginning. Besides that, man, this episode is so damn spot on. But- well, before we actually get into the actual rankings, let me uh, let me have you close off the episode with the narration. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> three hours. <laughs> no. Now the questions that come to mind. Where is this place and when is it? What kind of world is this where ugliness is the norm and beauty the deviation from that norm? You want an answer? The answer is it doesn't make any difference because the old saying happens to be true. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. In this year or a hundred years hence, on this planet or whatever or wherever there is intelligent life, beauty is in the eye of the beholder lessons to be learned in the twilight zone good stuff good nice. stuff indeed and also i must so go norm <laughs> it's a norm i i really um, just wanted to be where he, where he says um you want an answer it doesn't matter which <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter you asshole <laughs> what, what is it that i don't follow wrestling but i know that thing the rock does it doesn't matter what you have to say or what you think or whatever that's that's uh, i want that cut in there <laughs> doesn't matter what you want i could be totally wrong with that i know i put that in my, one of my videos one time but nice. anyway, i love the this rock. is this is kind of a random question but i just got thinking about it do you mm-hmm. think that serling was going for not not warm fuzzy per se but like more upbeat or was he looking at this as a look at the state of this world it's sad that these people have to be segregated like how do you think well what do you think his mindset was if you can even judge what his mindset was with this 
I don't know what it was going for. I can only say, speak to what, how I took it and what I, what I drew from it. And I think it's a bit of both. It is kind of like, damn, that's comparably speaking to our world. That's, that sucks. That world, you know, that some you're, you're, and we didn't, we touched on it. We didn't get to it, but your outward appearance is what's, you know, how you're being judged by people and now you're being segregated you know that sucks and you know you think of it in those terms you're like oh well hmm (laughs) (laughs) maybe not this is an extreme for sure it's an extreme that we have seen in our history but it's an extreme but uh yeah that you think of it it's it's like you said bittersweet because of the flip side of it i do see kind of a a happy-ish ending a realistically happy ending even though it's not right there on the screen, we know that there is very much potential happiness for this character in the future. Mm-hmm. And considering the world she lives in, I mean, it's a realistic within that world and what we have of that world, it's a realistic, uh, happy ending. It's the best possible scenario from a certain point of view. Yeah, yeah. So well and said, it, it, uh, even the well way it's said, presented. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello. hello there <laughs> the, it's presented that way too i mean you see in the end it doesn't leave it off on a somber note it doesn't leave it off in a like with any like uh, uh, ominous music or anything it is kind of like a, hey and the guys even like come on i think you're gonna find you'll, you'll find something at the end of this rainbow that you're not expecting so let's go and they just walk off and she's like okay and she resigns to it but you know <laughs> And it's that too, that idea that what you know and like the walls that we build for ourselves, like, and I I don't think that they were really going for that with this, but like, it kind of like the bandages came off for her and it, and it did open doors. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it didn't just take off the bandages. It, it, you know, completely, it will hopefully have changed her whole outlook of, you know, ah, ugly, handsome man with the big muscles and the, the pretty hair. Ah. Well, that's and, a, uh, the door to the home for the criminally ugly yeah exactly <laughs> only there's no cages inside it's just you know that we know we didn't see it that is true that is true you know you know what i get okay you know what i get from this episode what's that i get the simple fact that when you accept who you are accept what you are you're a much happier person so yeah. if i accept i'm into a couple of your anuses then i'm a happier person oh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it could be, or it could just be being ugly, motherfucker. So, no. <laughs> it's, if it has more explosions, Jacob's happy. Yay! Yes, I like if it has of um, all kinds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, that was a spirited discussion. I didn't expect yes. it to go that long, <laughs> but I'm glad it did because you never know where these discussions with our podcast is going to go. So it's kind of good stuff. But yeah. With that said, Jacob has already alluded to we are going to go into the Twilight Zone Twilight Zone list ranking, the greatest list ranking of all time, because no one else can repeat it or copy it or drink it. However, you want to look at it. Um, <laughs> drink list. Bring right, me my right. favorite list. <laughs> I wish to take partake. <laughs> okay, so the, the sweet nectar I... <laughs> of the list. <laughs> so, the, so the real question remains: um, I can't put this at number one. But where'd you guys put it? At number two. Number one. Is this better? No, I, I can't go number one. 
<laughs> I really can't. As much as I know you guys love this episode, I think monsters are doing Maple Streets are more, more important. But would you would you put this at number two? Or would you put it at number five? This is a top five episode. We're, we're oh, going without there. doubt. Without doubt. Jacob already Jacob has already decided he's the one that rules the at least until the <laughs> invaders. <laughs> <laughs> and this is actually weirdly, this is episode number 42. Hmm. 42. Which I mean, just that, saying there's a that spot from the, for that. There's something no, no, that goes no. there. Yeah, I know. And that's the fever. <laughs> but just generally, like, I love the fact that, like, you know, there's from Hitchhiker's Guide, there's that whole mm-hmm. thing about the, the, answer, to the, the answer to everything. And yeah. Um, yeah. So no, is I, this better? Than, is this better than Nightmares of Child, the Purple Testament, Stop at Willoughby and Walking Distance? I think if we're not doing number one, I think it has to be number two in my, in my mind. Just like technical prowess, the music, the all of it. Can I ask before I give my thoughts? <clears throat> if you if if it was just totally this is one hundred percent your list, Triv, one hundred percent. Given what we have so far, yeah, she would put it number one. Where would you put it? <laughs> seriously, I mean, you did say number one a minute ago. I don't know if you're just joking or what. Uh, no, I well, I was kind of joking, but I I would I love the monsters are doing Maple Street, but given the two, I would probably mm-hmm. watch this above monsters where's the where's me. the mute button where's the mute button yeah you, you, you're gonna want to mute it in a minute yeah <laughs> that's that's that would be uh, the thing is like you know you get into that top five and those are the creme de la creme of of what we've watched thus far and they're they're all so good in their own ways mm-hmm. and this this one offers things but the monsters are doing maple street does have that meaning and that that depth that not everything else has but i i just of the two if you know gun to my head i would say i would watch this before i would watch monsters but that's you know it's it's comparing like a really awesome cheesecake to like a really awesome we haven't even gotten to the invaders and we're already you dropping monsters out of number one (laughs) and i'm not saying i'm i'm okay leaving it at number one i'm just I'm just Happy saying, too. if it um, was stri- if it was strictly my list, yeah, that's what I was just wondering. I would um, also have perchance this is a majority rule, seven. so <laughs> we're, we're, we're definitely putting this in a top five. I'm gonna give we're, you guys that much. It's fine well, with me. I, I would probably I put this top curious. ten, but I was just wondering where everybody like unabated where you would place it, and then you know this is this is a compromise until certain episodes go real but this yeah. is a compromise you know it's not it's a uh, it's not a dictatorship it's a democracy <laughs> democracy it's a dictaphoneocracy um, so you're saying that you you're you, what you're, you're saying number two but like in your world alone it would be number one up to this point yeah but then if you ask hmm, me, me next me, week if you were to ask that. me next week where nick of time would go from from my recollections to this point that would be right up there as well. I can't say it'd be number one, but it would be up there. Okay. But so I'm gonna like, ask... I need Jacob to shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. no. I, 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 I appreciate your candor, Jacob. Uh, mm-hmm. No, here's my question that I have. When you think about the Twilight Zone, and you think about the long run and the long game, do you think about Monsters Are Doing Maple Street or do you think about Eye of the Beholder? Eye of the Beholder. I think of 16. Honesty. I I I think of the 16 no. millimeter shrine. I think it means between the two. <laughs> I feel as if we're both I haven't even said where I think it should go, but I feel as if Nick and I are both trying to win Triv over to our side. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I haven't even said what my. I, I'm just I'm, I'm just asking the the straightforward question. I might be like I know of, of the two of them. I I I was introduced. I'm not. I have the beholder was not the first one that I saw, but I have seen it more. It's more enjoyable to me just because of the things that we've talked about and just from the perspective of the story. I don't know. It just hit differently with me, but that doesn't mean anything in that respect. Like monsters is an incredible episode and it hits on. I mean, it yeah. On many, it means many to your world. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so it means like I say, Oh, of the two, <laughs> when I think twilight zone, I have the beholder, I think over monsters. Is it my turn? But I would also craft Willoughby in that top three in that, in that thing as well. And as much as Willoughby is known, it's not as well, you know, it's not one you think of off the bat, you know, in the way you do Monsters or Eye of the Beholder. Mm-hmm. So I'm a terrible person to ask this. <laughs> Indecisive. This is the hard, this is where it becomes hard because you have to ask that That's tough question. To... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jacob, how about you? Oh, um, Okay, so See, your your teacher says it best. Ever make mistakes in life? I just <laughs> <did not. laughs> this is my um, Anyway, uh, okay, so now this is based as it should be purely on everything we've watched up to this point. So forty two episodes of one hundred forty two episodes six. Of the forty two that we've watched, this is the easiest one thus far. I have to rate. Um, typically I find myself saying, um, just on a numbers game, one to this number, I'd put it around here. And then I look at what's there and I'm like, well, I liked it better than that one. I didn't like that one. Oh, that, eh. And, and perchance the dreams up there. And, you know, I'm <clears throat> trying to figure out, cause I'm like, maybe, Hey, maybe I don't think it should be this high, but I liked it more than this one or that one. But I like this one, blah, blah, blah. I I just am perfect. Well, in my world, perfect or not, very imperfect, but in my world, this would be number one up to this point. I think the Monsters of Maple Street was good. It was real good. It was a real good episode, but this episode is pretty damn near perfection. This is a great episode. It is, in my opinion, you asked a, a great question a minute ago, what comes to mind more between these two when you think of Twilight Zone? This one, for me, every time. Now, granted, it wasn't my introduction to Twilight Zone, but it was what got me back on board and made me want to watch this show so maybe that's why but i sure as hell do for me in my world i hear more about this episode or or see more references to this than i do monsters are due on maple street great episode not we're talking about number one here one's one one's two i mean neither are bad but man this episode is iconic as shit and it is I could not find anything wrong with it besides the ADR, which that's just a technical thing, but I couldn't find any faults with this episode. It was perfection from beginning to end. Well, then let's ask this question, Nick, what about this episode? You said that it was, you know, overrated. You know, what were the things about it that didn't speak to you? We haven't really, Um, I apologize. I just think it's, I just think it's an overhyped episode. Just, just in the sense, I mean, when I say overhyped, I, I don't mean it's a bad episode. I just, it's like watching, it's going to piss people off. Is that off, the episode's it, fault or is that the people that are doing it? And does that take no, away no, from it, the episode just, is? I don't know. It's, I, I feel like the episode has this stigma of being like really special and just like there's stuff about it. I just, 
I don't know. It's hard to explain. I'm, I'm That's probably okay. stuff about it you don't like. Tell no, us, tell us, tell us. Yeah. Um, it's 100 percent cool. I, You're in a safe space. Yeah, you're safe here. You're no one spiral. else is listening. Just us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, thirteen other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the government. No, <laughs> I just never found it that engaging. To be fairly honest, I think it's okay. interesting. It has interesting ending, but it's like I, I guess I just gravitate. Like you know how you gravitate towards like the space episodes, Jacob. I gravitate yeah. to like monsters that do on Maple Street or um, Howling well, it's Kind Man. of a space episode. The monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like the sci-fi episodes but yeah the space ones i do like space travels like hard yeah, sci-fi, yeah. but i do like the more sci-fi skewed episodes i i think i think um every time i watch eye of the beholder i'm just not as invested as i am with like monster doing maple street because i don't know it's hard to explain i'm not really coming off very good in this no, I know, you're, but, you're fine you're 100 um, which which twist blew you away more the first time you saw it of the two monsters are doing maple street um really? eye of the beholder is cool i think what what sets eye of beholder apart from a lot of twilight zone episodes though is just the, is just the nature of the build-up the tension i think when the, i think the biggest maybe issue i have is just the reveal it feels like oh i can kind of see that coming if you think about it you but i guess you can't hold that against it because it is trying to it is a huge message of uh, like we once again conformity and it doesn't matter which side you view that type of thing but it just it, it felt so i guess the first time i watched it i was like i found more out of like the howling man than i ever did of eye of the beholder it's the same thing we when we watch time enough at last it's the same thing there where it's a really good episode but it just is more predicated on that build-up of the big reveal in my book more than anything but like right. i said it still has interesting concepts and theories it's just i don't know i i guess uh, it's hard no, like i appreciate it it's more caught up on that iconic moment than it is in the rest of the episode from for you. You know, like like I said, I, I became more entranced by like Nightmare of a Ch- as a Child than I ever have with Either Beholder. But once again, Either Beholder, you can't deny what it did, how iconic it set itself apart for the, the Twilight Zone. So I give it that much credit, at least. I just the never found of- it like, what's up? No, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just, it was just never an episode where I found loving it like you know for instance you guys do so this is how i look at it i think some of the most and this is just me i'm not speaking for anybody else but i think some of the most interesting things you mentioned um nightmares as a child and of course uh monsters are doing maple street most interesting things about those episodes is what's not said what's Mm. in the background what's underlying the underlying themes and what we were talking about a minute ago, how things are masked or how they're alluding to things and all that. That's what really makes those episodes interesting. I think the one thing about this episode that is kind of stealthy um, and this isn't the episode's fault because it is intentional. I think, I think this episode is thought of when people think about it, they think of that reveal. That's what they think of taking the bandages off and Holy shit. She's pretty. They're (laughs) ugly. Oh no. But that is not what the episode's about. It is. Nope. That is a part of it, but there's a lot more. There's a lot of subtext and underlying themes in this episode too. Much like those. Those deal with society and societal issues and, and geez, nightmares of child, some fucked up shit, but they <laughs> deal with a lot of things that are unsaid, but this episode does as well. It deals with so many more things. Like I said, it deals with politics. It deals with the dangers of, of uh, dictatorships. It deals with, with uh, how we view people, how people view us and and 
<clears throat> how society uh, deals with them. It deals with segregation. It deals with all these things. But that's not what you think of when you think of this episode. I mean, even me, I love this episode. I love it even more now that I watched it again. But that's not what I thought of when I was going into it. I was like, oh, this is the one with the pig, pig people and the <laughs> hot chick. The Elvis pig people. Yeah. And but then you watch it and I'm like, holy shit, there's like a lot more going on here. And as we even talked about it, more and more stuff started coming out in my head. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, there's that. And there's like so many rabbit holes to go down. And those are always the greatest episodes. Mm-hmm. If you look at our top five, I don't even, they're all like that. All of them have all these rabbit holes you go down that you don't see. They're not right there in your face. And then it's like, as you start yeah. talking, about it, you're like, oh my God, there's so much more here. <laughs> and I do think that this episode is not an episode that we, immediately though monsters doing maple street you absolutely think of that because that's the whole thing it's paranoia and fear and all that and just the other things that go along with that and you know all the other ones they are known for having all these <laughs> branching off like issues and societal issues going on this one isn't known for that that big reveal is such a big thing it ties into everything else but it it kind of takes over the conversation when you're thinking about this episode when you watch it yeah it's like, no there's so much more here god damn it Jacob, <laughs> God damn it, you're well, it's me... like it's like, and I'm put the nail in the coffin. Hopefully, it's like you think um, of the iconic battle between Luke and Vader in in uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, no, I was thinking of uh, Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. Like oh, just yeah, yeah, that that, that like people for those people. Yeah, who haven't that, seen that it, I I I yes yes. You just put the nail in the coffin. Yes. This is epi- this, uh, no no no. Listen. You make a perfect example. This episode is The Empire Strikes Back, where it has all this interesting build up. And there are parts in, in Empire Strikes Back that I'm you know, like, whatever, not feature, not real great with. But that that moment is when it changed Star Wars, you know, for good or worse. And it's kind of what Eye of the Beholder does the same thing. Uh, Eye of the Beholder <laughs> does the same thing. It changes. Yeah, the, the, I'll be honest with you. Monsters doing Maple Street is important. But I, the Beholder, and some of the episodes coming up really changed and really made um, the Twilight Zone important in the eyes of like storytelling. So I, I have to concede it's number one. We'll put it. We're putting it number one. I, I I don't like I was that. Say I like thirty-two. Oh, we can put it thirty-two. We can put it forty-two. That's <laughs> no. fine. <laughs> no, and hey, I'm we'll not looking it, we'll for put it below a... perchance to dream. I truly don't want. I mean, yeah, we do have to all agree. But no, but if you think agree. about it, I don't it, want like, to concede. I don't want anyone no, no, to I'm concede. Not, I, I want to concede is bad word. Time enough at last is iconic, but I, the beholder, changed the game for this Twilight Zone. It really did. Um, it's an episode that once again is a starting point for a lot of people. A lot of people know it and they remember. It. I mean, time enough at last has that ending, but if you go back and watch it, it's not that great leading up to that ending the ending is perfect because it's just the way it's presented but like another episode (laughs) third from the sun (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so what can you say um we're gonna do it so new number one is eye of the beholder oh Uh, shit puts uh monsters doing uh, maple street which i'm gonna i'm gonna make an acronym because that wording is too long in my (laughs) twilight zone list um oh we got the number, glasses and everything yeah, yeah right right <laughs> uh so, so I, I the beholder is number one number 42 is, uh, is the fever. that's that's Martimus. the monsters are Martimus. Martimus. sounds like some like i don't know gothic vampires <laughs> <Martimus>. <laughs> you've arrived 
Georgia Vikings. What are you doing, Monimus? <laughs> Why are you looking at that way? Um, anyways, at least uh, number... it makes sense. Like nervous man in a four dollar room doesn't even nobody vivid me I shot an arrow to the air as uh, I I I I I I I I tell you, I like, I like, I like, I like to give an eyes. The fever is Franklin. So anyway, so new number one is the eye of the beholder. Number 42 is still the fever. Um, I'm sure that'll be supplanted at some point in the future. So anyway, yeah, probably not. I do wonder what is going to when we're all finished with this what is going to be at the i wonder two things what's going to be at the bottom like the worst episode ever <laughs> and how bad that motherfucker is going to be and where is uh the fever going to eventually end up ranking will it be more than 10 away from the bottom are there 10 worse than the fever just we, we still haven't gotten to season four yet so oh, God. Hold i know your- that's where a, a lot of the the uh the Stickers? bad ones are <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody says. Once again, and I know I keep talking about, oh, the invaders, invaders, invaders. It's been 15 plus years since I've seen it. I might shock everybody and come in here and be like, no, sir, I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You know what? I just realized you can't put like that in Jeff's eye anymore or as easily because he blinks. Or is it there? No. But still, when he blinks, it's going to go over top of the that's going to go over top of it. There are ways I can make it happen somehow. Don't don't push it past him, Trev. Oh, that's true. (laughs) 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 I'll have to find a new place to hide it. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, you got a star field. I'm sure you'll figure out something. Oh, geez. It'd be one of those. Anyways. Well, be se- there'll be several moons back there too, mainly Jacob's ass. It's not a moon. Replicated. <laughs> oh my no god, moon. it's a space station. <laughs> That's no moon. Empire this is Strikes my... Back. <laughs> I love the Empire uh, Strikes Back defense. I'm gonna have to pull that out more often. The Chewbacca defense is what you need. Okay, let me end this out so we can talk. Um, okay, so with that said, we have new number one. We have Sorry. Eye of the Beholders, no number one. And we, uh, the next... Since we have a new number one, Can we, we have to get an explosion for this one. Um, at least for number I will, one. I will try an explosion. I will try if I remember. <laughs> Michael Bay explosions! Explosions Double by win. Michael Bay! <laughs> so anyways, uh, with that said, the next episode is season two, episode seven, which is another famous episode called uh, Nick of Time, directed by Richard Albert, written by Richard Matheson. This, of course, stars William Shatner, famously, and Patricia Breslin, uh, who is uh, playing his wife. Also married to Art Modell, if you know the Baltimore Ravens. Um, anyways, so with that said, we'll look forward to that. Hopefully, I don't get sick again, and Alex has to push back again. Um, but we'll uh, hopefully have Alex on that episode. And uh, yeah, without further ado, that is the uh, talk of Eye of the Beholder, famous episode from the Twilight Zone. 
So I wonder where this would have fallen had Alex come on. Was it Alex that was supposed to come on originally for yes. this one? Yeah. Okay. I wonder where it would have fallen had she come on for this one. We'll have to ask her. Uh, next she would she would have been right with you guys. I guarantee you. I guarantee uh-huh. it. Yeah, well, so anyways, with that said, we're gonna head out. And before we do, uh Triv, who has wrote wore me down. Actually, you both wore me down to get that number one spot. Um, if they wanted to try and to find your eye of the beholder and your special place, where can they find that at? Well, you can check out my OnlyFans. Oh, wait, that's wrong on the website. <laughs> you can check me out here on YouTube, uh, Trivial Theater. Um, I dropped uh, Troll 2 like last week and then uh, Leprechaun before that. And then there's also the original Troll back there someplace. Definitely check those out. They're fun. The next one I'm working on is a, an utter mind fuck that will probably require several weeks of therapy to come back from. So keep an eye out for Forbidden Zone. Oh, and you can also see me on Twitter at uh, Trivial Theater. Excellent. Jacob, Ooh, you yes. know girls have a penis and boys have a vagina. That's what they said <laughs> in Kindergarten Cop, right? But if they want to find out where your content is when it's not dealing with vaginas and penises, where can they find it at? An anal. Um, <laughs> next up. Uh, you, <laughs> you can find me on the Twitters at Red Neville 2. And uh, you can find my YouTube channel, Jacob Andrews Reviews, and where I put on a bi-week, not bi-weekly, twice a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays, I put on now a little people. show. <laughs> <laughs> put on a bi show. Uh, I put on a show that deals with entertainment, movies, some video games every now and then, just other entertainment news. And we do some reviews sometimes, uh, sometime, and just all kinds of stuff centered around movies uh that's uh wednesdays and uh send sunday saturdays at two o'clock central time and whatever other time zones it is uh but check that out i also do reviews and stuff here or there apart from that i as this is releasing i just released my review of nope hope you like it it was fantastical um <laughs> and i have some other stuff coming and I've got a show in two days. So come check it out on the channel. Yeah. Giant hand gestures. Yes, I've been told I, I talk with my hands a lot. Good. You should. Hey, jazz hands. <laughs> hang on here. Uh, hang on. Oh, shit. That wasn't good. Hang on. Right. She's gone from. <laughs> Goro. Ah, hang on. Ah, no. Okay, there we go. One day she'll get her hands properly working. Yeah. For now, she'll be like. Peter Pan. So. Yep. I'm, Anyways, Luna, I'm a real boy. Wait, that's the wrong. That's the wrong. Hey, <laughs> hey, what if you're a real judge. boy? <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, I am, of course, Nick at Movie Emporium. You can find all my content there. I also did a no spoiler discussion, which has been posted as with this recording. Um, I'm going to talk about Westworld, as I usually do. I am on Jacob's show, you know, to support him and talk about oh, yeah, you know, Halloween ends. Yeah, Jacob's Absolutely. always almost awesome, you know, show and stuff like that. He doesn't want to call it a podcast, he calls it a show, people. He smacked me around a little bit for that one. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, find us also on the all the audio feeds like audio boom and stuff like that, you know, those types of things. So uh with that said, uh for myself, Triv, and of course Jacob, we'll, we'll see you next time in the, the Twilight Zone. Uh peace out, guys. Arrivederci. Bye con Dios. <laughs>